Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word. Thanks for being with me. It's a beautiful day out here in Northeast Ohio, and we're in a different part of the church property. Actually, we've been out here before. Um, if you were able to look the direction I'm looking, uh, you would see our columbarium. And I'm sitting out here on one of the, uh, the benches uh, that were donated in memory. The one, of, uh, the one I'm on is donated in memory of, of Helmut Merton. Um, and I'm back here because I want to talk with you about Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23 is often read to us at funerals. I do this uh, regularly. Uh, every person who is buried out here in the columbarium or interred out here, I guess is the right word for that, um, as part of that interment ceremony, we read Psalm 23. And of course, it has to be read out of the King James Version uh, for that type of an occasion. And uh, I almost have it memorized, but not quite. So I, I am going to read it. But uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We often read that at gravesides, I think in, in no small part because of that part about uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, I do want to talk with you about that, but on another day. But I actually think that this psalm, while we often associate it with death, is a great psalm to live by. It is a psalm of David. Uh, it's one that, that he wrote as he's thinking about his relationship with God. And I think it's really fitting because, you know, for God... For David to say that God is his shepherd, this is something that David knows something about. You know, David himself was a shepherd. It talks about that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Samuel comes to anoint one of Jesse's sons. Um, God takes him through all of the older brothers, and he doesn't find a single one that is the one that he wants. And so Samuel asks Jesse, well, do you have any more sons? Yes, there's one more, the youngest, but he's out tending the sheep. He was a shepherd. And then before David fought Goliath, he actually talked about being a shepherd and the dangers involved in being a shepherd and how he had defended the flock from a lion and from a bear and had to fight them off. So the idea that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, that's going to be something that's very meaningful to King David. And of course, this idea of God being a shepherd is something that Jesus grabs onto in John chapter 10. Uh, when he says, I am the good shepherd, uh, he, he really digs into this idea about how God takes care of his people and how Jesus himself tends the flock and how he seeks for his lost sheep. There are some important aspects of this psalm for us to hold on to, to really get the full meaning of it, however. And I want to take you back to a little bit of the Hebrew, the original language that this psalm was written in, to, to get at some of that. 
so the first thing I want to talk about is this idea that the Lord is my shepherd, that word shepherd. Uh, it's interesting when you read this in the original, the word shepherd is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. But in the original, it's not a noun. It is actually a participle. I'm sorry to get, you know, Englishy on you, but uh, a participle is a form of a verb. Uh, remember that verbs are action words. So participles are those words that end in ing. And, uh, and so if you were going to translate this, you might say the Lord is the one shepherding or tending or protecting or feeding. You know, a participle can function like a noun. In fact, sometimes people call them verbal nouns. You know, so if we were to say the Lord is the one shepherding, well, a better translation of that into good smooth English would be the Lord, Lord is my shepherd. But this idea that he is shepherding, uh, that he is doing something actively, I think is important. Uh, I think it's important because this is something that God is doing in an ongoing way, and it's not something that he did in the past and doesn't do anymore. He continues to shepherd us. He continues to protect us and to provide for us. And this is also important because God has appointed shepherds for his people sometimes in the past. He continues to do that um, in terms of earthly leaders. And sometimes those earthly leaders don't do such a great job. In Exodus, excuse me, in Ezekiel chapter 34, God talks about his shepherds um, neglecting or even abusing his sheep. And in this, this section of this prophecy, he, he condemns those shepherds and he says that they're worthless shepherds and he's going to punish them for, for their lack of care for his sheep. And then in verse 11 of chapter 34, he begins to talk about how he himself will shepherd his sheep. He's going to seek them out. He's going to rescue, gather, and, and tend his flock, by which he means his people. And of course, Jesus talks about this in John chapter 10. He talks about being the good shepherd and how, you know, the hired hand, he flees when the wolf comes because he's a hired hand. He's not the, the, the shepherd himself, but Jesus is the good shepherd. And so he protects and he provides and he cares for us. So it's good for us to remember that God is actively shepherding us, tending us, protecting us and feeding us. And he does that through his word and through his sacraments. He does that through the proclamation and preaching of his people. Uh, he does that in terms of earthly terms and the leadership that he provides us as a, as a nation or as a community. Those are all people who are intended to fill that role of protecting and providing. And I think it's important to think this way too because a lot of times when we think about what God is about in our lives, we tend to think about what he's done. And that's good and that's right. We do well to look back to what God has done in order to provide us. We're just coming off of Easter. We always want to go back to what Jesus has done, that he has died, that he is risen. But we also want to remember that he is living and reigning, that he is blessing and providing, and that he is coming again. So we want to remember what Jesus is doing what his Holy Spirit is doing in us, how he's delivering forgiveness, how he is giving us life, how he's sanctifying us and, and protecting us and all of those things. 
It's not just that the Lord is my shepherd and he's somewhere out there neglecting us. He's actively shepherding us. So the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who's providing for me. The second part of that first verse is, uh, I, I will not lack, I will, I will not have too little. It's a pretty literal translation. Um, I will not be deprived is another translation. Um, those are kind of terrible, though, for poetry in English. You know, that's why I keep going back to the King James. Of all the translations, it does the nicest job of, of bringing it into a, a poetic form. And when I think about this idea of I will not be deprived, uh, I remember in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 5, uh, God says, Be content with such things as you have, for I have promised I will never leave you or forsake you. This idea that what God gives is enough, it's, it's an important concept. You know, in this world, we're taught to want more and more and, and to go after all kinds of all kinds of different things. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul writes that godliness with contentment is great gain. So this idea that we look to God and we recognize that, that we have enough, that I do not lack, I'm not deprived, is a really good and important thing. Especially when we think about the spiritual blessings that he's poured out on us. We have enough. And God's enough is more rich and abundant than we can possibly imagine. You know, back in 1 Timothy 6, we're reminded that, you know, the love of money is a root for all kinds of evil. And I think that you can expand on that and say it's not just money, but the love of the things of this earth uh, can be the root of all kinds of evil. We want to learn to trust God to be our provider, to be the one who is shepherding us giving us the good gifts that we need for this life, especially those good gifts of forgiveness and salvation. But he also provides for us the, the physical things that we need too. And to give thanks to him for those physical blessings is something that is good and right. So you have a good shepherd and he's not distant and he's not vacant. He's with you. He's providing for you and caring for you. And what he gives, it will be enough and he will care for you. So, thank you for being with me. Um, Psalm 23 has six verses, and uh, so I'm just going to take the, uh, the next, this week and uh, the, the next five weeks for six weeks total, and we're just going to go through this psalm a little bit at a time. So I hope you'll come back next week for verse two. And if this has been helpful for you, if this has been a blessing for you, please like it, share it, help somebody else to find it. And God be with you. Mm -hmm.